Hi everyone, it is Sam, NFT Statistics with your Proof Daily NFT Countdown. We got a blizzard going on, on outside today, so it's a little darker in here. Still got my light, we're gonna keep going. You know, as far as what we're gonna talk about today, quick market overview, then kind of this next step in this blur airdrop, open sea warfare, what went down there, then a massive sale where OSF and Mando dumped $9 million of Bored Apes and the market digested it. And then lastly, gonna talk about frenzies and a few big sales, starting with the market overview. You know, just still massive volumes. Again, so much of this is driven by airdrop farming. I almost don't even know if this chart means that much. One thing I like to look at is how many unique buyers were there. And we're at the high end of the range, a little bit fewer than yesterday, but high end of the range of the past few months. In terms of floor prices, large caps down a small bit. V Friends, World of Women, both rose, whereas Moonbirds and Doodles were a little bit weak. In terms of mid caps, again, basically flat. Lots of strength in the captains in Valhalla, whereas there's weakness in a kid called Beast. And in terms of art projects, uh, you know, not a ton of action here. Seven projects that did 10 ETH or more volume. There's one Fidenza sale at 75 ETH. Love to see that. Uh, that was really what jumps out at me there. In terms of projects that caught fire, again, Heads by Matt Fury is completely on fire. Again, Matt, Matt Fury is the creator of the Pepe. You know, and I think once this once this project just never caught that much attention, but once it did, people are thinking, wow, this is a 1,000 piece collection. I wanna be involved here. Seems like it could have some provenance and nice to see that get a lot of movement. Story number two is that Blur encourages loyalty, okay? And let's just dive into what that means. You know, they basically have said that they have a 300 million Blur token airdrop. That's season two. Probably gonna be given out over the next six to seven months, uh, which is basically, Again, $300 million with where the token is. And what they're going to focus on for this, as well as kind of the bids that they've already focused on, is people listing their NFTs. And you have to list them exclusively on Blur. So one, list your NFTs on Blur. But two, you have to remove your listings from everywhere else. And then three, they want you to list a lot. So they say, don't hold your NFTs, list them. And they want you to list them as close to floor. These are the things they're trying to incentivize. Again, just get those bid-ass spreads as tight as possible. Make it so your first choice, if you're a buyer, if you're a seller, is to go to Blur. That's what they are using their $3 billion market cap to incentivize. Okay, in terms of one of the things I thought was pretty interesting and kind of wild is this maximum loyalty. You can push a button, which basically delists all your NFTs from every other exchange. And what's interesting about that is that the functionality they use is a C port function. Now I've talked about this earlier, OpenSea moved their entire infrastructure to an open source decentralized platform called C port. And it was that, that platform, that really web three move on behalf of OpenSea that allowed Blur to circumvent their royalty block, as well as is now allowing Blur to get their users uh, to delist everything from OpenSea. So it is kind of funny how that works. Now, there are a few things that are going on with Blur that I think are very anti-Web3 or puzzling. You know, one is they have a very limited API. It's harder to get their data. They have one, but they only share it with limited partners. Two is clearly this is a very centralized, monopolistic loyalty program. Three, I think that it was really their launch that catalyzed uh, royalties going from 5% to uh, less than 1% where we are now. So you have a lot of those things, but still people love Blur. You know, and I think that there are a few things. I think, why does this community, why do we love Blur so much? I think the first is that people have just been frustrated with OpenSea over the years. It's just kind of been, it's just chiseled away at them through things like frozen assets and the 2.5% fee. Another thing, like lack of communication. I think people really want a competitor. So they're rooting for Blur. Two is they have this massive airdrop of free money they are giving to the community. Obviously people want that and, then, and are happy with what they got. And three is that there are trickle down impacts. 
So as they're going to drop more and more of this $3 billion market cap to users, it means that if you want to sell NFTs, the bids are there. It means that it's easier to trade in and out. So I think there are things that people are enjoying, but it is certainly an interesting dynamic. If you look at what was the impact of this announcement, this is from dgens.finance. Awesome site. Going to talk more about those guys in a minute, but really a great place to look at data. This column here on the far right looks at what was the change in overall listings on OpenSea. And you can see every single one of the top 23 projects had a lot of NFTs delisted from OpenSea, likely because Blur is saying, you want to get maximum loyalty points, maximum Blur, you got to delist on OpenSea. People do what they're told in this space. So that was what happened there. And then lastly, just wanted to touch on the fact that Pac-Man doxed himself. You know, he had always been that avatar on the right when you do calls. I'd done a couple calls with him, always in that. Now he, he recently came out and said, this is me, gave a little bit of his background, went to MIT, had a couple successful startups. You know, a lot of people who have invested in him, have seen his success before, wanted to continue to invest in him. I'm a big believer in doxing. I think if you have this much money that is floating on your platform, that is being traded, this many people who are signing their wallets with their life savings over to your platform, you just got to own up to it and, and, and remove the anonymity, take responsibility for the power you have. So kudos to Pac-Man for doing this. That was good to see. Third story, OSF and Mando sell 72 apes. Now, OSF and Mando are the team behind Rec Guy. Uh, they go on Rug Radio a lot. Really, you know, former bankers who, who just know a lot about the space. You know, basically, uh, Mando gave this tweet where he said, we own a lot of apes, we are up a ton, and when you have an illiquid asset where you've made a lot of money, it is very hard to get liquidity. But right now, there is liquidity, so we decided that we would sell and get that money. They didn't just sell the apes, they also sold 32 other sides, beans, mutant apes, and azukis yesterday. If you add it all up, it was about $9.9 .9 million of liquidity in this sale. And the absolutely crazy thing, Mind-boggling thing. They dumped nine, about $9 million of apes into the market, 72 apes, and the floor price didn't even budge. To put this in perspective, this is more apes than a lot of those Ben Dow concerns uh, that were happening that sent the floor price down by 10 ETH. And they did this in 10 seconds, and it was just completely absorbed by the market. Obvious question is how in the world did that happen? And the answer is that on the other side of the trade was Machi Big Brother. Okay, what Macha Big Brother is doing a ton of, he's doing a ton of airdrop farming where you basically put in huge bids, you know, Blur likes to reward people who put big bids in near floor. I don't think he expected that he would get 72 apes. He got 72, he only sold three, but I don't think he expected that. But when he got them, I think he just held them and did not crash the floor. The reason for that is one, this guy has a ton of money. You know, he's very, very active. Uh, and two, he loves apes. So I think, you know, if you love apes, you know, and you don't, you're long a lot, you know you can't just go list those and crash the floor right away. You know, maybe find, try to find private deals, maybe hold on to them for a little while, but he basically just absorbed it. So that was an interesting thing to see. What this chart here looks at is the biggest buyers and sellers on Blur yesterday. And what's crazy is that they're all doing like thousands of ETH of volume, both on the buy and the sell side. But again, you know, the, the biggest player was Macha Big Brother. Uh, you know, he traded in over 10,000 ETH of total trades. You know, third biggest was Mando and OSF, who, who simply sold. But you can see that Machi Big Brother ended up going long, more than 5,000 ETH of NFTs. You know, Mando and OSF sold, got that much ETH in exchange for their NFTs. Most people end up being flat here. So it'll be interesting, you know, whereas, but, but Machi got all this ETH. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds, what he does. Here's a quote from a Spaces with OSF. When you're up big on an, a liquid portfolio and liquidity comes around, we decided to take it. And I think this is an important thing. We see how much attention just moves from project to project here. So when you get it, it can be good to get that liquidity.
fourth story, not the greatest story, but Frenzy's basically shut down, kind of reopened their doors. I'd argue that they've been shut down for a very long time. But for those who don't remember, Frenzy's was a project in April, kind of this unique art, unique minting mechanism, got a lot of slack because the early mints had a really high mint price. But it was this unique mint where you got to pick the different traits, uh, build the frenzy you wanted to build. It was actually, they partnered with Christie's. So some serious in real life brands believed in this project, did some sales of their mint passes. And yesterday they announced that they basically decided that they were going to quote unquote, put a pause on frenzies and digital goods for the time being. Now, Zach XBT, who likes to dig into rugs and people who do the community wrong, pointed out that they made no announcements, didn't make a single announcement since September. They, there was no community treasury, even though they said a piece of their royalties would go into community treasury. There was no play to earn game, which was part of the roadmap that they mentioned. You can see here you know, that they said that they would have a Tamagotchi-like game that's play to earn. None of that ever even happened. Now, I say this project's been done for a long time. The floor price is 0.014. If you look at this chart, basically the mint happened. I think there were hopes for a, a big mint. It didn't happen. Within a couple months, the floor went to 0.05 ETH. They haven't really said much since September. So I think it's been down for a while, but the team coming out and said it really rubbed the community the wrong way. Also, because they raised over $5 million less than a year ago. So to pack the bags was something that really bothered people. You know, one of the things Zach says is that they blame market volatility as a rationale. I've talked to a few people. I think they made the mistake that a lot of projects make where they kept their mint in ETH. If you look at the actual numbers, they raised $5.37 million when they did their mint, but the average ETH price was $3,500 and they didn't convert that into US dollars. So if you actually look at the amount they have now, probably closer to two, two and a half million dollars. If they sold a little bit lower, even less, you know, if you assume a 30% tax, I have no idea if that's the right tax, but let's just assume it is. That's $1.6 million. So my guess is that there's just terrible treasury management here that really contribute to this downfall. They then later said that they got so much abuse, so much hate, so many threats that they decided to reinstate their Twitter, say they're not going anywhere, but my expectations are very low. Now, I want to just say a few lessons I take away from this. One is that I think there are sometimes misaligned incentives here. You pay upfront based on trust in people who are sometimes anonymous. I mean, sometimes they're not, but you pay upfront and then they have to deliver over time, but they've already got the money, especially given the fact that royalties are so low at this point. So I do think there is a bit of an incentive misalignment. You have to really invest in people you believe in, people you think really care about the community and you know, ideally have a track record of that. The next thing I wanna say, and this is super important, is that art, marketing, hype, community, the ability to build that stuff is what makes a good mint. But that does not equate to operational excellence. You know, people who can create roadmaps for themselves, and deliver on those roadmaps. So I do think a lot of times what we're measuring in the beginning doesn't equate to what makes the project successful over time. Sometimes it does, uh, but sometimes it doesn't. And lastly, and I think we all know this, but is always worth repeating, you know, only invest the money you can afford to lose. This is just a very risky space, betting on anonymous people or people we don't know, and you just gotta be careful. Lastly, a bit more of a happy topic. Let's talk about three sales, three notable sales in the art space. The first is this piece called My Trading Bot by Carlos Marcial for 11 ETH. Really kind of cool piece. I think it's very timely, the idea of a trading bot right now when NFTs have basically become fungible and driven by traders. Marcial has a lot of fun sales in the 10 to 15 ETH range. A lot of them involve motion, kind of running to or from the camera or the point of view. Uh, really interesting to check out his super rare page. He has had sales at 1415, so this 11 ETH sale, a little bit lower, but still a great sale. So congrats to him. 
Another interesting piece I just dug into today was this piece for 8.55 ETH. If you look at this, you know it's a dirty robot piece, but it was actually a collaboration with an artist called Stefan Gross Halbur. Uh, sorry, anybody who's German, I'm sure I destroyed that name. But anyways, 8.55 ETH for this. If you look into this Stef to Stefan's work, he has a, a project called Curious Cabins, uh, which is listed on OpenSea and a lot of really cool kind of dwellings, homes, as, as these one-of-one -one pieces that you can buy. Well, he announced that he was going to collaborate with partners and have those partners create houses in their own unique style. Uh, and I, uh, the, this one by Dirty Robot, you know, the, the, the artist from Renga, you know, went for the highest sale. But I think these are all really cool, fun to explore. So congrats to, to, to both Stefan as well as Dirty Robot and the buyer there. And then lastly, this NFT yearbook by Threesome sold for 10 ETH. What is the deal with NFT yearbook? You know, it's basically a project where they went around and created, you know, interviewed a ton of people, put a ton of art into a book and wanted to kind of commemorate this year in NFTs, created these books. But then they also created one of ones where they had special artists who created the cover. If you buy the NFT, then you get the book that also has their cover. Threesome is an artist. He's a former baseball player who's built a lot, who's created a lot of baseball cards kind of through his art style. And a lot of those baseball cards are on this cover. Here you can see a little bit of the inside of the yearbook. If you do want to buy one of the yearbooks, you, know, you can buy one. You know, one, you can look at the one on on Super Rare, or else you can just buy with their cover. Uh, and you can see that right now on OpenSea, the secondary price is 0 0.095 ETH. You can mint one for 0.1195 ETH. I think there are a little bit of advantages to minting one. Not totally sure. Too bad to see that that secondary price go below mint. But I think it is a cool project uh, and something that, you know, I think I might get one. We'll see. Haven't got one yet, but 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 do think that, that it's a cool thing and something I'd like to have on my coffee table. So fun to look at that. That's all for now. If you uh, like the show, please like it below. Subscribe to our channel. Comment. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what we can do better. All that stuff really helps us. We'll be back tomorrow and every weekday with another countdown. Have a great day.